Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Everything Emaw podcast. I am, of course, your host, Joe Tillery. It has been a great season of K-State basketball, and there is still more ahead. Currently, we are eagerly awaiting the Big 12 tournament here in Kansas City, and I want to take a little bit of a minute to reevaluate the season, give you my thoughts on each game, and shape along how far we've come as a team. And I want to describe that to you and talk you through each game before we take a look at the actual matchup with TCU. I'll give you a little bit of pregame about TCU, but to start things off, I want to take a look at the Wildcat season and give you my thoughts overall on what a tremendous year it's been. So I want to start things off by saying the hire of Jerome Tang is one of the best things in Kansas State history. I know people have regarded certain things at different times and different people coming at the right spot. Gene Taylor has been one of the greatest athletic directors in college basketball history. Don't come for me for that. I firmly believe it. When you bring in Chris Kleiman, when you bring in Jerome Tang, two guys who are cornerstones of organizational sports in college, guys who will be with the program and lead the team into the future, and I know there's all that garbage talk about how, hey, Tang's going to Texas, Tang's going to no way in hell this guy leaves. I'll tell you right now, it doesn't matter what kind of boatload of money they throw at this guy. I think Jerome Tang has firmly planted his roots at Kansas State, especially when you got three four-star recruits coming in in your first year of recruiting. Think about the potential for this team. I know it feels like that Baylor got off to this crazy run and then out of nowhere they were so good. Jerome Tang is the guy that took that alongside Scott Drew and the rest of the coaching staff, took all the recruiting up, took all the different things to bring in guys to the university to get the right people that can compete with Kansas, splitting with guys, winning national championships. Jerome Tang's doing that in Manhattan already. He has single-handedly turned the Octagon of Doom back. They have turned the clock back. We can chant to Sandstorm now and not get it immediately shut off. He's motivated the university to be a university of love rather than just hate, saying, oh, we hate KU with every time we chant, rather than saying, hey, KSU, we love ourselves. We are the big dogs here. You're in our house. You should feel that. I don't know who knew it. Apparently, Gene Taylor knew it, and apparently, Marquise Noel knew it. Texting Gene Taylor. First of all, I want to commend Gene Taylor for giving the trust and the faith of a certain player to say, hey, who do we need to coach? We've got two players on the active roster. I don't even know where to start. Who, I don't know. Who do you guys like? And then Marquise Noel sending a text saying, hey, I love Jerome Tang. Let's go get him. I'm pretty sure Gene Taylor just responded with a little double tap like on the Apple iPhone, which is always funny to see. But Marquise Noel had a vision, not only for this team, but for the future, for the entire university to follow, for everyone to be motivated by love and faith and brotherhood, companionship. That's what Jerome Tang's done. And that starts at the top of Gene Taylor all the way down through everyone on the roster. Jerome Tang single-handedly changed Manhattan. And it all started with one text. Now let's look at the season here. We started off against University of Texas Rio Grande Valley. Who? You know what I mean? Who does that, you know, that game's going to be a free game. It doesn't matter how good we are at basketball. That's a free game. Granted, we lost to Fort Hayes State, but these guys aren't that. University of Texas Rio Grande Valley. K-State puts up 93 points on November 7th. And I know, I know a lot of people are like, well, hey, these guys are basically JV basketball players that continue to play on. And yeah, that is true. But 93 points is the most points I've seen scored at a K-State basketball game since my freshman year of college. Since we split the Big 12 championship with Barry Brown, Dean Wade, Cam Stokes, Xavier Sneed, Cartier Jada, that team, 93 points was an afterthought for that club. If we got to 80, that is a massive highlight scoring affair. It was 68 points and defense. We'd win every game 63 to 68 or 71, and that was even getting a little bit out there, 71 to 67 in a close down the stretch game. Jerome Tang squad goes out and puts up 93 points. So then we travel to Cal. I'm sitting there saying, all right, well, California's a bit of a bigger school, okay? They've got recruiting, they've got guys, and yeah, I know that people have been all over them this season and trying to figure out conference realignment. I was still nervous. 
I'm like, this is California. They can recruit dudes. They've got all of California to recruit from. There's good basketball players out there. I don't know what this K-State bunch will do. 63-54 win. And it wasn't our greatest scoring affair. Obviously, looking back now, it definitely wasn't. But it, it, it surprised me. It made me feel good. We beat this team by basically double digits. A nine-point win against California. I was like, okay, maybe we're okay. Then, obviously, we play UMKC. That doesn't mean anything to anybody. 69-53, that is expected. Rhode Island, same thing. Put up 77 against Rhode Island for a 20-point win. Same thing. Not very many good guys. And then we play Nevada. Then we play Nevada in the tournament in the Cayman Island Classic. 96-87, to an overtime game where Marquise Noel, Keontae Johnson, Naquan Tomlin were throwing down highlights left and right. We won that game. Every part of me, listening to it on the radio, I was listening to Wyatt Thompson, Stan Weber call the game because I didn't have access to the Cayman Island Classic. Every part of me was sitting there dreading the stretch because K-State always blows it in the end. That's just been the team. You know it, I know it, that's the truth. We didn't. We put up almost 100 points in an overtime win where Marquise Noel was Superman to get us that win. 96-87. Nevada, good team. They compete. They should be a March Madness team if they're not already. Good program. We got that win, and I was like, okay, maybe we're not the worst team in the Big 12 here. I know Nevada's not in the Big 12, but it's at least a benchmark to say, okay, these guys could probably beat Oklahoma. They could probably beat a Texas Tech. Then we play LSU. Same thing. Overtime win. 61-59 to to win the Cayman Island Classic. In another game where it wasn't all sunshines and rainbows and highlight dunks and windmills, the team banded together and played defense, physically competed down the stretch. And that's where you see the emergency guys like Cam Carter, Tyke Green, David Gasson, who contributed and played well. Bebe Igiola, everyone on the court. I've never heard of half of these guys, and they're playing incredible teamwork basketball. I mean, we're getting the ball all over the court, and that's when I knew this team was for real. I didn't know that they were this for real. I'm not going to sit here and say that I immediately thought they'd beat Kansas or anything. But I figured, we'd, I figured we'd win a couple more games than everybody thought. We could maybe sneak in as a late seed in the NCAA tournament. Then we lose to Butler. Butler's a good team. What are you going to do? 76-64. to 64. At some point, the music has to stop playing, and it did for K-State. In that one, we ended up losing that game. And I was like, okay, yeah, okay. So we're not, we're not amazing. We're not incredible. And then Wichita State comes to town, and I was nervous. We beat them after a terrible first half where we scored 18 points. 18 points. December 3rd, we beat them 55-50 to 50 at home in Manhattan. ACU, Abilene Christian, what are you going to do? 81-64, not, you're not going to learn anything from that game. Same thing, UIW, 50-98. to 98. We put up almost 100 again. The team is that good. And then Nebraska, that's where I, th- I thought it was done. I thought, hey, we're going to learn right here. Nebraska, not a great team, but historically they've been tough. Former rival, to say the least. They're going to be good. We don't even play them close. 71-56. to 56. We were owning the game the whole time. Radford, 73-65. to 65. And then the Big 12 basketball season started. The Big 12 basketball season started with Bob Huggins, the boogeyman, the former K-State coach. There's good guys. This is a nationally ranked team. A team who has earned every type of honor humanly possible in the last decade. That team's coming to town, and I'm nervous. K-State goes out there, scores 25 points in the first half. I'm not kidding. And we looked bad. We were down a chunk. Goes to overtime. We win 82-76 to to get the first win in the Jerome Tang era in the Octagon of Doom against another Big 12 team. Then we played Texas. And let me tell you when this motivated me more than anything. We beat Texas 116-103. to And I know you all watched that game. I know you all had your eyes glued the whole time. I couldn't look away unless you had no access to Texas Longhorn Network. Shout out ESPN+. We ended up figuring it out. 
The team itself was unbelievable. Marquise couldn't miss. No player on the court could miss. We're raining threes like it's a regular Tuesday. We did everything humanly possible to win this game, and K-State didn't choke it out. We didn't blow it down the stretch. The second half, they didn't come out and put up a 20-0 run on us. We stayed in the driver's seat. We never trailed in the entire game against a top team in Texas, a top five team in the country at the time. The little brother Kansas school found a way, if you want to say it that way. We found a way to win against a top five Texas team. Then Baylor, a good top 10 team. Baylor led by Scott Drew, Jerome Tang's former team, 97 to 95 in overtime. You want to talk about a testament game. That's crazy. Oklahoma State ended up beating them because Keontae Johnson threw a superhuman one-handed alley-oop jam down, down the stretch, which at the time we didn't know this, but it became a pattern for the Wildcats. 65 to 57 over the Cowboys. Big win for K-State. TCU, this game I want to forget. I do. But Jerome Tang said something very instrumental after the game, saying, hey, looking back, we did not prepare our players at all for this game. We got into the hype. We got into the madness of, hey, we're a great team. We're a top 10 team. And we let ourselves get punched in the mouth. That's what happened. 82 to 68. TCU takes us down. And that is who we're going to be playing in the March Madness tournament for the first round. We'll talk about that towards the end of the episode. But the biggest game of the season, in my eyes, Kansas and Kansas State. A rivalry as old as time, whether KU fans want to admit it or not. The first top 10 matchup between these two teams in a decade, at least. In the Mike Beasley era. That was the last time we got there. 83-82 to 82 overtime. K-State wins. Not just a, hey, we're going to get close. And every team, every fan of the Big 12 has watched a Big 12 game against Kansas. You've contested the entire game because KU has a pattern of playing down to every team they can. And then down the stretch, someone makes a boneheaded play or they settle for three from 50 feet out. And the team loses because KU goes down, gets fouled, shoots the free throws, they move on. That's good coaching. That Bill Self's a great coach, smart man. He knows what he's going to do. He's not going to let his team just choke. You know what I mean? They're not just going to get to the point where they're just, oh my gosh, we don't have a play. What are we going to do? K-State didn't ever shrink. We played the entire game. And after Keontae Johnson threw down an alley-oop on top of the reigning Big 12 Player of the Year's head in Jalen Wilson for a win. After a crazy defensive stance, K-State wins against the, air quotes, Big Brother School. That's who we beat. 83-82, K-State is legit and for real. Anyone got anything to say about that game? Because that's exactly where I am. I'm still there mentally. I know exactly where I was. Every single up and down of the game, I was amped up and ready to go. Jerome Tang answered the call and solidified himself as one of the best coaching hires of all time in that game alone. Texas, this one still hurts. K-State up on Texas, 20 points, and then Texas roars back to a 69-66 win. K-State played the worst second half I've seen all season. And it was hard to watch. It was really hard to watch. It hurt me. It did. But it goes to show that we can beat these guys anywhere. We lost by three in Manhattan. We beat them by 13 in Austin. And just so you know, they're the big school on our run to the championship for the Big 12 tournament. We can beat these dudes again. We've just got to get past TCU. Speaking of TCU, February 7th, K-State beats them 82-61, solidifying the octagon of doom as one of the best home playoff environments in all of college basketball, especially in the Big 12. The octagon of doom was roaring. We didn't even play them close. We beat them, and yeah, I know Mike Miles wasn't there. Eddie Lampkin was trying to force himself to play, but K-State dethroned those guys and took them off their high horse so fast. Texas Tech gets a win over K-State. Weird game. The entire time, K-State looked out of it. Fouls were bad. Everything was going bad. K-State goes in a bad stretch for a bit. We did lose. We lost to Texas Tech 71-63. Then we go on and lose to Oklahoma 79-65. The Big 12 is the Big 12. Anybody can beat you on any given night. That happens. 
Let me jump back here. I apologize for getting ahead of myself. After that KUK State game, I, I got ahead of myself and I skipped over to Texas. Let me say this. We go and we beat Texas Tech at home, 68-58, to start the season off. We lose that close game at Ames, 80-76. That happens. Then we go to Florida, Keontae Johnson's former team, and we lay the wood down. We put the hammer down. These guys didn't want it. 14-point win for Keontae and the Wildcats against his former team. Then KU beats us. It happens at Allen Fieldhouse. It's going to happen eventually. 90-78, KU beats us on January 30th. That was the last game in January. Sorry, back to where I was at. Then we brought Texas at home. Lost by three. That was that 69-66 game. TCU beat him again. Talked to you about that. Now we're back on track here. Texas Tech game. Oklahoma game. Lost both those. It was a rough one. K-State looked lost. We had lost these games and nobody knew why. The team was losing things. And then we played Iowa State. 61-55. We took down Iowa State after they just dismantled us in Ames. Granted, we played, we played them as close as anybody had all season long. Ames is a different environment. It's a different beast. But not quite better than the Octagon of Doom. And that's what we showed the world. Next up, Baylor again for the first season sweep in Jerome Tang's coaching career as a K-State Wildcat head coach. It comes against Scott Drew and his former team. We beat the Baylor Bears, a top 10 program by 10, before beating Oklahoma State 73-68, before then beating Oklahoma 85-69. And I know we all saw the game last week. I'm not going to look into it too deep. Losing by 8 without one of your best players in Desi Sills. We haven't lost a game when Desi Sills has started. He's at home mourning the loss of someone in his family. He's going to be back and ready to go against TCU. I am so excited for it. And that was the 2022-2023 season. That was K-State. That was one of the most historically great seasons we've had in so long. Jerome Tang became the fourth coach in K-State history to have 20 wins in his first season. I didn't even think it was possible this year to see what the guys we had. We had Ish Masood and Marquise Noel. And nobody else. Legitimately nobody else. It's not just like I'm ignoring other guys. Nobody else was a K-State Wildcat. And that's led us to here. Present day, we're a three seed in March Madness as of right now. Obviously, things could improve if K-State wins the Big 12, whatever. We've been projected up to a two seed this season. We were hoping to get to the tournament. Now we're one of the best teams in the country. That's unbelievable to see what Jerome Tang has done in the first year. And for fans especially, I'm going to give you a rundown here and talk about the Big 12 tournament, see what I think, see what you think. Let's all put our heads together and come up with an idea. I'll walk you through my prediction here. We have a a story out on Heartland College Sports right now on the website. You can go check it out if you're interested. And it will be previewing all of our thoughts, all of our predictions going into this game. I was asked to be a part of it, and I thought, you know what? If somebody on this list is going to have to stick up for K-State, I've got to be that guy. I've got to be that guy. Someone's going to go for KU. Someone's going to go for Texas. Baylor's going to sneak in there. Is there going to be a Wildcat guy? I'm going to be that guy. I'm the host of the Everything Email podcast. I know my team has a real chance. And the bracket is set up for us to go far. If we can get past TCU, that is the asterisk. TCU is a bad draw for us. They're a good matchup. It's just tough. The team itself is physical. They never give up on plays. They have fast break points out the wazoo. We foul a lot. We don't get back on defense. We just try to rely on athleticism and skill. If we get past TCU, I have no issue taking on the Texas Longhorns. They don't even scare me. TCU scares me. Looking at the bracket here. My prediction in this, I think KU walks Things start off tomorrow in Kansas City, and the first matchup is between West Virginia and Texas Tech. West Virginia takes that game. No matter how good Tech's like, late season's been, West Virginia's a good enough team. They're totally riding off the emotion from last week's win over K-State. I see them dismantling Texas Tech. I think that's a 10-point game in my mind. I really do. I'm sure the spread will be about two or three, so there might be money to be made there if you want to ride with it. But West Virginia's been inconsistent. We'll see how it goes. Next up, you've got Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. I really don't I don't really mind who wins that game. I think Oklahoma State takes it. Oklahoma could play late. But I see Oklahoma State being the better team in that one. 
Um, it wouldn't surprise me if Grant Sherfield went off or somebody goes off for Oklahoma, but I think Oklahoma State takes that win pretty handedly. And then we have the matchup, K-State and TCU, joined by Texas, and I believe that would be Oklahoma State. Texas is going to beat Oklahoma State. They're, Texas is a good matchup for a lot of people in the country, not for K-State. K-State is a problem. They are a thorn in the side of Longhorn fans, and I guarantee if you asked anyone wearing that burnt orange, I guarantee they'd say they're afraid of K-State. K-State and TCU is a good matchup. My prediction is that it's a close game down the stretch, maybe even an overtime game, and the big dogs show up for K-State. We've got to do a better job on Eddie Lampkin. We've got to do a better job on Mike Miles. We'll get things figured out. He's still coming back from injury, so we don't know where he's at fully. But K-State can win this game, and I think with Desi Sills in the starting lineup, it's going to be a different team than they saw earlier in the season. I really do. Plus, it's close to our home court than theirs, 100%. TCU fans do not travel. If you're a TCU fan, can you disagree with me? Really? We saw what the Big 12 championship happened with K-State. We saw what your home game did. K-State basically had a home game there. I mean, it just wasn't the same degree. So K-State's got a basically a home game environment, and I know there'll be some Jayhawks fans there, but a basic home game environment against TCU, I think K-State wins this game. I'm going to give you a prediction of 87-81 to 80, 81 in this game with a couple of possessions down the stretch late. Then I think K-State upsets Texas and goes to the Big 12 championship game against none other than the Kansas Jayhawks after a game against Baylor where K.J. Adams dominates on the inside. Baylor cannot defend the low block. We saw that. Naquan Tomlin's going off. We, I mean, there's so many highlight dunks thrown out in one game from guys on K-State that have struggled to score the basketball this season. David Gasson getting to the cup. Bebe Giola getting to the cup. Keontae Johnson using his big body. He's dominating down low. K-State's found a way. Every team has found a way against Baylor down low if they go there. If they try to attack the guards, it's a different story. We don't know where Keontae George is. We don't know what his injury is like at the moment. I'm sure he'll be active, but I don't see him being himself. I don't want to see him go out there and hurt himself again before the tournament. I'm not putting that evil on him. But hopefully Baylor knows that. And I'm sure Scott Drew's considerate. He's, you know, he's probably watching that saying, all right, we don't want to force it now. We're focused on a championship, not just a tournament title. Um, I think K-State and KU match up, and I think the game goes to overtime again. My prediction, K-State takes it. 87-81. to 81. I think the Cats roll. I really do. I think Bill Self's a great coach. I think that game will be just about as 50-50 that it can be between K-State and KU fans. But I think the Wildcats have a real shot, and they've got something to prove. After they, after they lost to KU, they didn't play their best game, but they still held them within 12. This team's ready. Marquise Noel hasn't shown up really in either game. I mean, he played all right against Kansas. I think the officiating will be really let them play esque and I think that bodes well for K-State and Keontae Johnson. That is my prediction. I can't wait to see what happens. I know you can't as well. We've got some good basketball ahead of us, and I want to say from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much for all the support during the regular season. Thank you for tuning in, listening to the show, and reviewing us whenever you can. We've had some awesome feedback, and I'm grateful to be here alongside with you, and it has been a great run. If I don't get to talk to you again, I'm sure we will. Obviously, the Big 12 tournament, then we've got March Madness, stuff like that. But for the regular season, I want to say thank you so much. Here's a tip of the cap headed your way. Go Cats. It's been a beautiful day to be a Wildcat, and it always will be.